My title today is, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, leave them in the world. So my title is, leave them in the wild world. Leave them in the wild world. Leave them there. So we pick, we pick this up in John 17. The whole book of John 17 is an amazing book if you want to read it all. We're not going to read it all today. Now, you make me nervous if you're not writing. No, I'm kidding. As long as you're listening, that's okay. So John 17, 1 through 5, this, this is what it says. This is Jesus now. Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, what did he say? Father, the hour has come. Father, the hour has come. This next word, he says, what does he ask him? He says, glorify. Glorify, underline that or write it down. Glorify. He says, glorify your son. Glorify your son. Glorify your son. What did he say next? That your son may glorify you. One is capitalized. One word glory is capitalized, which is deity. The other word is not capitalized. The next glory is not capitalized, which means non-deity. So this is an exchange between God and Jesus. Jesus is on earth. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. As have and as you have given him authority over the flesh. See, he's describing glory. Glorify me because you've established him, you've given him uh, authority over the flesh that he should give eternal life and as to as many who you have given him. And this is eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life doesn't start in heaven. Eternal life started when you, before you were born. You're old. You're old because you have always been. You have eternal life when you accept Jesus, but until then, it's just eternal death. But it's all eternal. You are an eternal being. And you get to live like a bubble on the water in your shower for 120 years in this body. That's all it is. 120 years is like a bubble on the water when you shower. Now, how much soap do you use? That's the timing. <laughs> do you have a water softener? The bubbles last longer. You are simply a bubble in the water living in this body, but you are eternal. Don't want to get stuck there. Let's go down to verse 4. So listen to what Jesus says. Listen to this word. Jesus says, I have glorified you in the earth. Glorified. You get where I'm going now, right? I have glorified you in the earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me. And now listen to what Jesus says. Read it loud with me. Oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had before Read it again. Read it again. Oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory I had. Jesus is saying, I gave up my glory to come be with y'all. Don't you want to find out what glory is? Jesus, Jesus is saying, Father, give me back what I had before you made the world and I had to come here to die. Put me back in my original state of leadership and power and honor and dignity. So Jesus is saying, I want that glory back. And ladies and gentlemen, in the beginning, 
That's exactly what you're asking for. As you go through life, what you're really asking God is, I have a longing for who I was even though I don't know who I was in the beginning. I want to be her. I want to be that person of glory and dominion and power. You may have never seen it. You may have never witnessed it because we're not 500. We're not, we're not five, we're not, we're not five, 50. What am I trying to say? We're not 57,082. The math teacher's helping me. <laughs> we are not that, but inside our spirits and in our hearts, we long to be there. And that's what, that's what my life has always been about. I'm chasing something that I may or may not understand. And the answer to that something I'm chasing is glory. Everybody wants their own glory. Can't run from it. But because in religion we're taught glory to God, like he's the only one that gets it. And Jesus is saying, I want my own. But not only do I want my own, but I want my own before you sit me down here with these sinful folk. I want to be who I was in the beginning. Can anybody teach me how to be who I originally was? Does anybody care? Or do they simply care about me trying to sell knives and cutlery in college? I tried to do that for about a month. Knocking on doors, cold calls, knocking on doors. Can you buy these knives? It will teach you how to feel good about yourself. I sold one knife. <laughs> then I gave away the rest. I had to pay for it. This is crazy. Jesus gave up his glory, but he also finished his work. Now, go with me because I don't want to spend a lot of time there. Let's go down to the ninth verse. Watch this. So, first of all, Jesus prays for himself. Now he's going to pray for his disciples. And this is so good. Listen, he says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours and all mine are yours and yours are mine. Listen to what he says. And I am glorified in them. Want to know what glory is? You got to wait. I'm glorified in them. Now I am, listen to what he says. I am no longer in the world. I'm not in the world. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not in the world. But what does he say? But these are in the world. Now watch, now watch him now. These are in the world. And where, where's Jesus going? I'm coming to you. I'm, I'm out. I finished my work in the world. I'm out. I'm coming back to you, and that's why I want the glory I had before you sent me here. <laughs> Am I making sense at all? So I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, listen to what he says. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one, integrated as I am. Who they are and what they say and what they do are the same. Show them that. Verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, I know it's a lot of scripture, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. And Jesus' joy is glory. 
Verse 15. Here it is. Read it loud. I do not pray that you should take. Read it again, Mr. Christian. I I am not asking you to take them out of the world. This is Jesus praying. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but what am I asking you? But that you should keep them from the evil one, and that word is never, never capitalized. The devil is not capitalized. He's not equal to God. He's not deity. They're not in competition. Keep them from the evil one. They are not. The people here he's praying for, his disciples, he's saying they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Finding a way to be in this world and not of it is hard these days. It's difficult today not to get caught up in how the world thinks <laughs> and how some of your family thinks. So it's an amazing opportunity. That's why this end of the year, y'all, it is December. It is December in our agrarian calendar. It is December 30th in God's calendar. Something big is getting ready to happen in the next 15 days in your life. While everybody's waiting the next four months, they're going to see you harvesting. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? So don't say, Jesus said, don't say four months and then the harvest. Now you're getting what he's saying. He's saying, don't be dependent on this coming later. This is happening right now. The new year starts right now. When I give my life, the new year starts. That day of atonement, your whole year, every, your whole life starts. Ball everything up and throw it away. Okay, so what would I stop? They're not of the world just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. He says your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself. I set myself aside. I set myself aside that they also may be sanctified. Here's what Jesus is saying. Write them down. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not concerned about the world. He's not concerned about the cosmos, the systems he built. He's, he doesn't even pray for the world. He's not praying for the world. He, his only concern is you. If I want Bob saved, I just need to make sure his friend Ann is. Who am I sending to Bob? <laughs> Who am I sending to Ann? Who am I putting in the world? Who are they? How do they think? What's their mindset? What's their worldview? Am I boring you? Who he sends into the world is more important than the world to him. Hmm. So now, here it is. Here it is. Say it with me. Say with me, a lot of people are praying to leave. And Jesus is praying that you'll stay. Ask the rhetorical question. Whose prayer is God going to hear? 
are praying and believing, we need to get out of here quick. We need to go. Signs are in the moon. <laughs> I hear it all the time, and I'm like, this is just amazing to me. It's, it, I, I'm just like, do you really think Jesus, okay, do you really think Jesus wants to marry a woman with one boot on and a stiletto on the other foot? Her hair is all crooked, just one fake eyebrow on. Her weave, her hair ain't colored, it's all turned up on her head. She got lipstick on the top lip and not on the bottom. Her bride clothes is all stripped and all broke up. You think Jesus want to marry that? He ain't coming back for this. We're a mess. Please come, Jesus. Take us out of here. You, you ain't going nowhere. Unpack it. We don't need to be rescued. We just need glory. Okay? Whose prayer will he hear? Jesus was sent and so are you. So now you've got to be sanctified by the truth. Let's go down to the 20th verse. I'm almost at your questions. Y'all ready to go to work? I do not, listen, listen to me. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also those who will believe in them. So now he's praying for every believer. That they all may be one as you, the Father, and me. We are one. We're one in you. That they also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22. Let's read it together. Verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they... Uh-oh. This is where everything gets weird. Jesus is saying... I asked you for glory and you gave it to me. But it's not just for me. It's for them. I'm praying that they have the same glory I have. So whatever I do, wherever I go, whatever I experience, I want them to experience that. And I give them glory to do it. Say glory to Martin. I meant say your name. In other words, when I am saying glory to God, God is saying back to me, glory to Martin. I know it's sacrilegious. I know that nobody will tell you this stuff, but I'm just going to tell you and I'm getting ready to prove it. Say it, say it again. Glory to who? If that's glory to God, that's glory to you. And we need to create cultures and atmospheres where people can understand and take hold of their own glory without jealousy and strife and hatred and systems that divide. Your glory doesn't threaten mine. Why does mine threaten yours? It just makes no sense. I need you to have glory. Do you know, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. And I'm, maybe I shouldn't say it like this, but I'm just trying to say something. It's not good when you're the only one that can take your family away for a week to a seven-star hotel and everybody pray and eat good and swim and everything, and you there by yourself, feeling proud that you're the only one that could afford it. That ain't no good. You need your whole family to be there, cracking up, throwing sand on the beach, 
Everybody. (laughs) Get me started. So he says, give them glory. So here's my point here. Jesus wants you to have the glory he had. I'm getting there. Point four. You are who he was. Now, this scripture is going to shock you, but I got to give you the truth. He says, the only way you're going to be sanctified is that you're given the truth. And here's the truth. It's found in it's found in 1 John 4 and 17 as he had a revelation of heaven. He says these words. He says these words. Love has been perfected among us in this. Love has been perfected, capital F. Love has been perfected among us in this. That we have, we may have boldness, 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 boldness. We may have boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness, 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 boldness. And for us, the judgment doesn't start when the world ends. For Christians, the world of judgment starts as soon as we become believers in Christ. We are now judged. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about judgment in passing sentence or judgment in, what's the word, being critical. We are judged in God saying, do you believe you can do that? Do you believe you can have that? Do you believe you can go there? Can you obey me? Can you produce this for me? Can you build a robot that solves this? Can you come up with an answer to this particular problem? That's the judgment on our life. And that's what you've been feeling. You've been feeling that every day for a long time. You've been feeling that, God, I want to do it, but I'm not sure I can. I want to do it, but I don't know if I deserve it. I want to do it, but I don't know if I got enough money. I don't know if I got enough people. Nobody really believes in me. And God is saying, you need glory. Because once you have glory, you're bold. You're bold in rooms where they're talking about a billion dollars and God told you you could have 200 million of it. You got to be bold in that room. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm sitting up in this room and I'm going to sit right here boldly, boldly representing God and saying God will not be ignored. And this is my time. Shout it. This is my time. I didn't say, say, it's God's time. I say, say, it's my time. Say it. This is my time. I'm telling you, it's your time. But you got to wake up. We have to wake up. Don't let life put you to sleep. Get you into psychosis. Now you're losing your mind unto depression. Can't remember things. Can't deal with the issues that are in front of you. And now you'd rather sleep. Just try to forget it. Try to drown it in something. Drugs or alcohol or TV or football. Those guys on the field are in glory. You watching them on the couch, you ain't in no glory. Got your beer and your potato chips and everything there and got it all tuned up. You got your $3,000 TV hanging on the wall. The TV's in glory. You're not feet all up, not socks stinking. You just rather scratching. It's like you ain't in no glory sitting up watching that. You're too far behind. Now, Pastor Josh is somebody else. I'm telling you I'm standing right here because I can see the glory on you. I see the glory on you. I see it on you. I see it on you. I feel it in you. I don't have to guess whether it's there. I know it is. 
I'm watching our people everywhere pitch their businesses and put in proposals and talking to people. I'm sitting in the back and people don't even understand. Yeah, they come from us. Those are our people. Those are people created in this atmosphere. So if you want to be mad at me, blame these folks. Blame these folks that are out there doing this stuff because they be gassing me up. <laughs> I said, oh, shoot. They don't mention me. They don't mention the church. They just get up there and stand with expertise, knowing what they're talking about, presenting boldly in front of people. That's a great idea. I said, I know it is. Mm-hmm. Did I read the scripture? I didn't. So here's the last part of the scripture about judgment. Now, y'all got to see this now. Listen to what it says. Because as he is, whoever Jesus is now, I am. Don't make me have to come down there and sit on your lap. I know this is cognitive dissonance. This fights against what you thought and perhaps even what you heard. But whoever Jesus is, I am. In the world he sent me to, I am him. So what's the difference in a Jesus idea in mine? Because he's Jesus, right? No, I am him in this world. I have the glory he had when he was here. It is on my life. Question is, do I know it? Do I feel it? Or do I feel like I'm supposed to be a beggar? Am I here to expect others to do what I can do for myself? Oh. So now, what is glory? Here's the, here's the definition of this word doxa. Doxa is the word Jesus chose to use. Doxa. And doxa literally means, watch this definition, and you can look it up for yourself, and you should. It means to appear, to seem, to think, to accept. Doxa means Put that one up. Doxa means to appear, to seem, to think, to accept. It literally means to see oneself as weighty. It's getting ready to get, get cornbread and greens with the roots in it. Mm-hmm. Doxa, doxa is, <laughs> doxa is to see, to appear, something to appear, and then to seem like it's something, and to think that it's something, and accept that it's something. Glory is when a horse says, you know what, I'm a horse. <laughs> that is what I is. I ain't no pigeon. I'm not a snake. I'm a horse. And so we will watch the horse run and we will say, that's glorious. The horse is not trying to be something else. It has seen itself. 
It has accepted itself and it has given a definition of itself. It don't matter who out here is telling it, you're a tiger. Shut up, I'm not a tiger, I'm a horse. Glory is not hallelujah. No, hallelujah is what you feel while you're acting in glory. Hallelujah is when a child can't read and in a month you teach them how to read out of their own mind. That's glory. Glory is when you take something out of you and you build it. Glory is when you accept yourself as God on earth. What's the difference in the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit in Jesus? They're the same. Glory is an attitude. Is it cold in here? Then unfold your arms. It, 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 it disturbs me a little bit. It makes me feel like you're not listening. I told you I'm a bit psychotic. Y'all got to deal with me a little bit. I've been up for about three months every night. Need some sleep. Because everything God told me I was going to manifest this year, it has to happen by Wednesday. A door has got to open. You promised me, you showed me, I dedicated it to you, and I'm going to stay up. I'm going to see it with my own eyes. Yes, I will. I said, yes, I will. I might be babbling. I might be feeling tired. I might need a haircut and a beard trim. But by the end of Tuesday into Wednesday, I'm going to see the manifestation of what God said to me. I said, hallelujah, I'm going to see it. I said, hallelujah, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to eat it. It will come out of the supernatural into my life. How's it going to happen? That ain't none of my business. I don't need to know how. I don't need to know where it's coming from. I just know God put it in me. He told me, and I can't believe it. Somebody say glory to Martin. Okay, okay, so now, for real, sit down. He says now, he says, he says, uh, so, so here is what Theotetus said. Theotetus, the, the, the philosopher, he said this about the man, Jesus is using the word doxa because the word doxa was made famous by Socrates who lived 400 and some years before Jesus. Jesus chooses this word out of, out of the prolific language of Aramaic. Aramaic. There are 20 words to say glory. He chose this one, and he said it over 17 times. Glory. This is what it means. Y'all ready? Watch this. Put it on the screen. It's too good. It's this active, active notion of doxa. It is a description of the soul's dialogue with itself. Let that sink in. Doxa is not something God puts on you. Doxa comes from inside you. Watch this now. It's the soul's dialogue with itself. Doing what? Asking itself questions and answering them. Affirming or and denying. And then finally, making a decision. 
The glory of God is you talking to you. Asking yourself questions. And depending upon your answers, you make a decision on what it's going to be. And then God brings into your life what you've decided. Glory to Martin. I'm going to teach y'all. You're going to be doing it all week. What's your name? What's your name? One, two, three. I said, what is your name? Open your mouth. So on the count of three, say glory to your name. Glory to? This is what this is supposed to be. He's not the only one that gets glory. You've got to have a conversation with yourself. The reason you're psychotic and depressed is because you want to talk to everybody except you. You got to talk to you. You got to talk to yourself. You need to be a bit schizophrenic walking around the house. I think I'm a tiger. Am I a tiger? I think I can do it. Can I do it? And then you need to say, yes, I can. And then once you say, yes, I can, God says, well, you have. Okay, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand. Because this is how God works. God works like that, this. He says, now, whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. In other words, uh-uh, not yet. So, in, the, in, in other words, he's saying, in, in other words, he's saying, now, it's already bound in heaven. But until you bind it on earth, it can't be done. So what I need you to do, I need, it's already everything, everything you're dreaming about, I done already made it. It already exists. But it exists in the spirit world. It's not here. But for you, you got to believe it so it shows up here. So he says, but until you loose it, even though it's loose there, it won't be loose here till you loose it. But if you don't believe in yourself, you'll never lose it. You'll never feel comfortable in your own skin. You'll never think you deserve it. And that's what this system, the world, does so hard every day to get you to give up your glory. You happy with everybody flying on a plane when a plane is in your spirit. You're happy with everybody else having restaurants, but a restaurant is in your spirit. Throw your head back on the count of three and holler glory for as long as you can. One, two, three. This is glory. Hey, turn me up. I can't hear myself here. Sit down. Let's finish this. Glory is, glory is a self-evaluation of your own worth and dignity. Glory is a, your self-worth and your own dignity. I stopped arguing with people who were trying to break me down. It's claustrophobic to me. I was trained in Mississippi. You don't know who you're dealing with. None of that Midwest stuff works. Those are darts. Glory is someone's estimation or assessment of themselves. It's that something that is in 
inherent. It's an intrinsic worth that comes out of you. So the perfume you wear when you walk in the room, people already know you. They know how to treat you. Because you have preceded your entrance. How you think about yourself comes in the room first. So a guy said to me as we're talking about a bunch of stuff, including some of the things I'm doing, and I better stop mentioning it because I, I get interesting emails from people. It's really interesting to me. But he was like, but you've never done this stuff before. You, I mean, why are you in the room? I said, I'm in the room because I'm supposed to be in the room. What is the agenda? Well, you're a pastor, right? Yes, that's, that's, that's the most important thing I do in my life besides love my wife and my kids. But yes, I lead a church. Well, we're here talking about a business deal. I know. What's the agenda? Okay, let me ask my questions. What's the goal? What's the financial goal? Where's the performer? Are there outlines for this particular thing? How is it going to be financed? Is there going to be a rate of return? But I don't say rate of return. I, I use market cap, ROI. I use the terms in their world. Do we have the wraparound services? Who's the lawyer putting this thing together? Is there a CPA or registered agent working with us? Because I don't want a CPA. I want a registered agent. I want somebody signing my documents. When the IRS sees the name, they don't mess with me. Wow, you're more than a preacher. I told you that an hour ago. Well, you're awful bold. No, I'm glorious. And I know what I don't know. So I got somebody else in the room that know what I don't know. And when I don't know something, I point to the guy who's glorious. What, I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, he's with you too? Yes. There are four of us in this room of 20. Say I'm heavy. In the 60s, they would say I'm heavy, man. You are heavy. You are full of substance and weight. You are glorious. Created in the image of God, full of the Holy Ghost. You are as heavy as heaven, but do you know it? It doesn't make any sense for you to be on the other side of the seesaw with someone else. Get over there on your side and get heavy. Bring this thing down to the ground. And you know, when you get them, if you're good now, when you get heavy enough, you get them, you get them up in the air, you scoot back on the seat and you keep them up there. You just get, let me down. No, you ain't coming down. Y'all didn't, didn't do seesaw? The millennials are like, what's the what's seesaw? <laughs> You get them up there, their legs are dangling, they have no footing. You keep them up there. Legs dangling, screaming, they start calling for mama. Then you know you got them. You let them down and you can have all that lunch for the rest of the year. No, I'm kidding. Do not bully people. That's not my point. Do not bully, don't take advantage of anyone. I'm saying your dominion is yours. 
In other words, I'm saying don't get pent at the top. <laughs> Where'd I leave off? Your assessment is that God, this is our assessment, is that God has weight. All else is, it doesn't even matter. It's insubstantial. By comparison, no one compares to God. And he wants you to see yourself. No one really compares to you. And now, this is what happened. Jesus claims that he is worth deity before the world began. He says, I was God before the world begins. Restore that to me. What is it in your life that you want to have restored? Because of Jesus' self-evaluation, he knew what he deserved. Here are my questions for you. You ready? Here are my questions. My first question is this. What do you care about in this world? I want you to answer it right now. What do you care about? What's the most important thing you care about in your own heart, in your own spirit? You may have not thought about this before, but I put these questions together to bring you to a point at the end. What do you care about? Number two, what are your biggest concerns about the world you live in? My biggest concern is paying the bills. Paying your bills is none of your business. So let's get outside your house. Let's get outside your car note. This ain't car note stuff. This is not M-U-D-O-P-P-D stuff. <laughs> this is not college. This, this is what's going on in the world that you care. It's the biggest concern for you. what would you give your life for to see it happen for what reason would you lay down your life let, let me start right now how, how, how many of you uh, maybe I shouldn't ask it that way. How many of you you, 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 you feel like this is helpful to you now? I'll ask it like this. Okay. I'll leave the other parts out. Okay. All right. What would you give your life for, the rest of your life, if you could see that thing happen? Please don't write down, pay off my house. It's not, we're not, we're not, that's not what we're talking about. Talking about an issue in this world you live in. It's what you see. It's what you think about. Y'all here? Next question. What is your deepest desire? Yours. Your deepest desire.
I know I'm going to go back through these one more time. So if you're still thinking, that's okay. Next question. Uh, Martin, are you a child of God? So ask yourself, am I a child of God? Am I really God's child? Do, am I really? I'm not talking about religiously. But am I God's daughter? Am I God's son? Like a true father or a true mother? Am I? Am I? Do I feel like it? Do I feel like I'm really his and he's mine? Because if you do that, evokes lots of other questions and emotions, doesn't it? Right? Depending upon our view of fatherhood. Next question. Now, do I have purpose? Am I here for a particular reason? Do I have purpose? Do I have purpose? Or am I just wasting my life watching other people on fire in theirs? Do I have purpose? Next question, the big one. Am I worthy of glory? Am I worthy to pursue question one through six? Am I worthy? Do I feel like I'm worthy? Could I accept it if God gave it to me? Or am I still in a place where my self-assessment brings me below the stuff I really care about? Go back to the top. Y'all not with me. Back to the top. Number one, because this is what we're after now. What do I care about most in the world? If I care about something most in the world, it means that's my area of glory. Not my area of struggle. If I've picked an area for my life to devote my life in and I'm not being successful, it's because I'm in the wrong area or I don't know how to rule in this area. There's nothing in between. Question number two. Where are your biggest concerns about the world? You need to list these before you go to bed tonight. Number three, right? What would you give your life for to see happen? Jesus answered these questions. And that's why he had glory. He knew. Number four. What is your deepest desire? Deepest. If you don't know, don't feel bad. Ask God, what is my desire? Five, am I a child of God? Am I his? Am I his? Is he mine? Doxa is this conversation with you. With you. Doxa is 
I see all this stuff I either want, desire, but am I worthy of it? Am I worth it? Can I have it? How do I feel about myself? Both men and women have asked the same question. Why is it, why is it, why is it? Do I keep attracting these men or women that are just trash in my life? And I say, who am I to you? That's my first question. They look at me like, what do you mean who are you? Because depending on who I am to you, I should either answer this or not. If I'm your friend, I'm, I say go, go, go see somebody. <laughs> if I'm really your pastor, I give you the real answer. And the real answer is, sugar, brother, you're asking the wrong question. The question isn't why, the question isn't why are these people in my life? The real question is, what is in me that keeps calling these people into my life? So if I'm being turned down forever, that was the question I had. We were trying to buy this building with 175 people and $300,000 negative in net worth. And I'm talking about borrowing $7.5 million. And I was turned down 12 times. And every time I was turned down, and some people went with me. <laughs> some people kept, went on their own. We were turned down. And every time we were turned down, it would be a depression in me. It ain't my building. Why am I depressed about God's building? It ain't got nothing to do with me. My house is fine. My house is paid off. Depression. And God is asking me, are you worthy? Do you feel like you deserve this? And when I finally said, we deserve this. We got good people in our church. This church should have a net worth. This church needs a miracle. And when I said that to Pastor Nell, she said, I'll join with you in prayer on that. And we just said, we deserve it. We got a call from somebody we didn't even reach out to. We didn't even call them. Hey, we hear you guys want a church loan. Now I could say, well, Lord's in me, I comes to you as humble as I know how. Begging you, please, God, if you would just get, I didn't say that. I said, yes, we need a loan. What's your interest rate? How long can we finance this for? I'm talking like I got 50 offers on the table. Because I'm worth it. Can you imagine the lion? I'm sorry. I'm, okay, okay. I don't mean nothing. I don't want Peter to call me nobody. I took my children to the zoo, this zoo, the number one zoo in the country. And that day, there was only one lion there, one lion, big lion, big. I mean, if he stood up, his head is here. It's like his paw is the size of a plate in a cage. He's psychotic. Have you, maybe you didn't see him. He's just walking around the cage like this. Back and forth, walking around the cage. And I asked the zookeeper, I said, he was born here. And I said, can you imagine a powerful lion born in a false world? And so in my head, I'm trying to think, if he was born here, how's he fed? Oh, he eats good. He eats better than you, the zookeeper said. 
I said, no, I didn't ask, what does he eat? How does this lion eat? This is 450 pounds of rippling intensity. They said, we feed him sirloin. I said, how do you do it? Well, we just put it in the cage. So in my head, I'm like, what's, what's going on in the tiger's head? I think, I mean, the lion. I think I'm a lion. I mean, I believe I'm a lion. I got, you know, I got, I got these paws. Now, I don't have the four-inch nails no more. They, they cut them off. If somebody fell in this cage, what would the lion do? What is that? It's moving. But it sure looked like meat. What is meat? I am a lion, right? If I'm a lion, am I supposed to chase my meat and kill it? Eat it fresh? Or am I supposed to let somebody else bring me some meat? I think I'm a lion. Where my mom and dad and them to show me how to do this? So someone falls into the enclosure and the gorilla starts playing with the child. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I was born here. I was born in this false environment, this world that they made up to tame the lion in me. And now they can get me to do anything. They can crack a whip and I'll jump from this barrel to that barrel. And then I'll roar. roar and all the kids go, oh, I'm so scared. And then one day, the lion, while they're snapping the whip, something in the lion says, you know what? I'm a lion. I hunt stuff. I kill stuff. And I eat stuff. And all of a sudden, the lion that was born in a cage in a second and a half has taken a man's head off. Why? Because he was always a lion. He was always a lion. He was always able to sit at a negotiation table and say, that ain't for me. There's something else for me. I'm not going to eat your meat you throw in front of me. I am a lion. I am created to go after what's mine. I'm created to kill what's mine. I'm created to eat what's mine. Say to yourself, I, I think, am I a lion or not? Am I a lion or not? Am I a lioness or not? Do I go after stuff? Or do I wait for stuff to come to me? Do I beg for things I already have? Am I able to have glory in my life? That if I want to be a doctor and I don't think I'm smart enough, am I worthy of it? Am I worth it? Am I worth, am I worth a beautiful wife in my life? Am I worth a powerful husband in my life? That's the question you have to answer. And I'm going to give you about three minutes to answer it. I'm going to give you about three minutes to answer it. I'm going to give you three minutes to ask yourself a question and give yourself an answer. I'm going to give you three minutes. Well, what do we do, Pastor? Ask yourself a question. Ask yourself a question. This is what I want to see. I want to feel it. I want to live in it. Am I worth it?
Am I worth it? Say it louder. You have to be in this world. But you're never supposed to be of it. Be him in your world. Are you worth it? Can you have it? Can you handle it? Huh? Can you, can you handle it? Can you handle with the pressure of being wealthy and now people are not going to want to be around you? Can you handle that? Can you handle having the best school in the country? Can you handle that? Can you handle being CEO? Can you handle that? Can you handle make it? Can you handle creating a robot that can out, can drive the truck, park the truck, and get outside and unload the truck? Can you handle that? Can you handle? Can you handle having a nursing home where old people come to die? And when they get in your nursing home, they all get healed of cancer, all get healed from Alzheimer's, all get healed from everything, and they get to live to be 120. Can you handle that? Are you worth that? My, 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 my wife, we were out of town. We were out of town. We might have been at Doc G's church, and this young lady had a beautiful man. He was so beautiful. I mean, shoot, I was attracted to him. He was just beautiful, 6'3". She didn't think she was pretty. And Pastor Nell grabbed her by her ears, and I'm like, babe, don't be so rough. She said, oh, I got to deal with this. She about to lose her man. Pastor Nell said, beauty, the only beauty you care about is in the eyes of your husband. Stop looking at Instagram and Seven Magazine and all this stuff that make you go skinny girls. Everybody ain't looking for those skinny girls. And she got it. She asked her husband, forgive me. He wept. He fell on the ground like a sobbing three-year-old. He says, I only love you. I only see you. She says, you'll never have to tell me again. That girl went home during the sermon, changed clothes. She walked back up and down. Every curve was showing. Her husband couldn't even worship. Her husband was out there shouting what? Glory! Answer it now. Make a decision. Make a decision right now. Make a decision right now. Are you worth it? Are you worth it? Are you worthy of it? Can you do it? Can he give it to you? Can he open that door? Can he cause this to happen? Can he give somebody favor that opens this thing up for you? Can he stand against your enemies and fight for you and open doors? Can he give you the house? Can he give you the business? Can he give you this thing? Can he pay for your kid's college? Can he heal you? Can he deliver you? Can he do something amazing with your life? Make a decision now, 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 now. Make a decision. Make a decision. Make a decision. Make a decision about yourself. Make a decision about yourself. Am I too old? No. Am I too young? No. Am I too skinny? No. Am I too fat? No. I'm not too anything. I am just right for God. No. 
Soak in that just for a minute. Soak in that. Make a decision. Have you made a decision? I'm worthy of it. You don't earn something you're worthy of. You just receive it. Jesus said, give me the glory I had. Here we come. Y'all know I'm after something. Jesus said, come here, Cal. Jesus says, Jesus says, I'm living in this world right now. But I was something, come here, babe. He says, I'm living in this world right now. But in the beginning, I was something else. Y'all with me yet? I'm living here now in this world of struggle and trying to figure it out and so many, many things. But in the beginning, I was an original person. I had no worries. I had no cares. I had no enemies. I had no debt. I had no sickness. And Jesus said, give me that back. Give me back what you gave me in Genesis 1. I want Genesis 1 and 2 back. I want dominion in my life. I want glory in my life. And God gave it to him. And if you, thank y'all. And if you ask him today, he will give it to you. That's the question. Ask him right now. God, give me glory to do this.